BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. First and foremost, Black Chicago needs to organize. That's it because we need to figure out collectively what we want and what we want to see. And then we can go to this administration and say, hey, this is what we need. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest this week is the new chair of the City Council's Education Committee, Alderman Jeanette Taylor of the 20th Ward South Side of Chicago. Thanks for joining us, Chairman. Thank you for having me, Ms. Rain. You have asthma. Is this uh, wildfire smoke stuff uh, bothering you? It's scary to me. Um, because I now have asthma, I spend more time in than I do out. Just because I never know, because I'm new to asthma, I don't know what it will do to me. And so I have three pumps in my bag. I have a nebulizer machine, and so I'm I'm kind of staying in, and so I can't really even enjoy the weather because of this asthma. I'm, I take it very seriously. I've had an attack that caused me to go to the hospital, so I'm very careful. This is a new condition for you that you just learned about, or what? I learned about it last year in August. So imagine wow. turning 47 years old and... Your gift is you now have asthma. And so my brother and sister were born and grew up with it and have grown out of it. I wait till I get old. And when people talk about global warming, not be real, they have, they they don't know what they're talking about. Because it's real as ever. You delivered an impassioned speech on the floor of the city council last week during that emotional and very cathartic and racially charged debate that preceded the 34 to four, uh, 13 vote to use $51 million in surplus funds to house, clothe, feed, care for the 10,000 migrants who have descended on Chicago. It's money that sadly will only be enough to carry the city in, uh, through this crisis through June 30th, and then what? Nobody really knows. You cried as you delivered that speech. What were the tears about? You said, at that time, don't let these tears fool you. When I have these tears, it's usually because you're mad as hell and want to fight. What are you mad as hell and want to fight about? Because I don't believe that we're fighting over crumbs. That $51 million is surplus that we're hoping that the federal government or the state will reimburse us. And so that's a drop in the bucket 
compared to what people need. And so I feel very conflicted because as a black woman, I know what it's like to struggle. I know what it's like to have to live. I live with my mother because I couldn't afford to live anywhere else. Remember, I sat on a CHA waiting list for 29 years. And so knowing that black folks are always told to wait, but that does not mean that I mistreat pe other people. And so hurt people don't hurt other hurt people is what I've been taught. And people love throwing around their religion and that they are Christians, not when you want to mistreat people. And so the thought that they made this black against brown just hurt my feelings because these are the same brown people that I, I was in the streets with when the school closings. They've been around for a lot of fights. And so to me, this was people not really understanding and not getting out of their own way to say, okay, make sure you have the same energy when we want things for our community, but let's not punish them. We have to organize as black people. And so I was conflicted. When you voted for it, you joined the 34, not the 13. There were a couple of people who shouted from the gallery, traitor and sellout. What'd that feel Absolutely. like? Uh, really nothing because those are the people who, where were they when I was on the 30 day hunger strike? Where were they when I was fighting to keep mental health clinics closed? Where were they when I was attending funerals of young people who are under the age of 13, nowhere to be found. And so honestly, they the real sellouts because they want to be able to, uh, make profit or, and we call them, we call them, uh, political prostitutes. Because you worried about a contract and what what somebody can do for you, but where have you been in the fight? And so, that that's who they are. Political prostitutes. How and who are these people that yelled at you that day? So one was my was a candidate who ran against me, and another one runs an organization who I don't necessarily agree with, and so they'll be okay. And Who is so, the organization you don't agree with? Uh, it's ECCSSS, something like that. But what does that stand for? Uh, I can't even begin to tell you right now. Uh, I don't, I don't remember right now. But at the end of the day, I put in my work to prove to people that I'm pro-black all day long. But being pro-black does not mean you are anti anything, and I'm not anti anybody. I know that feeling to be a voiceless black woman in the city of Chicago where people don't listen to you. I know what it's like to go to DC and testify at a hearing where nobody, they barely show up. And when they show up, they're on their phone and they're not listening. So I'm not going to do that to other people. But at the end of the day, that's who they are. Tell them to organize and get out in the street and help young people. That makes you compassionate, but that doesn't change the what the us versus them argument. What does Mayor Johnson need to do now to start delivering for the people who feel like their needs are not being met? So the people who, who feel like their needs are not being met, first and foremost, Black Chicago needs to organize. That's it. Because we need to figure out collectively what we want and what we want to see. That is something that we need to do that I was asking for four years ago that I'm going to make sure happens in the next year. And so we need to organize and get out of our own way and have some hot conversations. And then we can go to this administration and say, hey, this is what we need. The money is there. 
What's on that list? What has to be on that list? What has to be on that list is housing in our communities, money for grocery stores. We're tired of big box leaving. And so money to create our own grocery stores, money to organizations who actually do work to help young people and to help families. That's what has to be in there. Money to make sure that our schools are fully funded like everybody else's school. But we need to have that conversation. I don't speak for all Black Chicago. I speak for a small portion. And so we need to get together and have that conversation. And what about reparations? I don't hear you saying that. Absolutely. Reparations is probably at the top of the list. I've said, I said it three years ago. Juneteenth is a nice day to celebrate, and I appreciate the day off. But that does not pay the debt that this country owes to people of African descent, period. So what form should reparations take? Reparations should be the same way everybody else get reparations. You give folks some money, but also there has to be some other conversations about what we want out of reparations because it looks different for us. If you look back and you look at studies, what they owe Black America, this country would definitely go back into a recession because you all could never repay the debt of what we've done in this country and how we're still being mistreated. And so that's the conversation. There are plenty of people, and I am not an expert, nor could I tell you all the things that reparation encompass. They are experts that are do that, and those folks will be at the table when we have that conversation. Where could Chicago find the money for that? There's surplus. There, there's money. Let's not act like pretend that they don't have money in D case and then other. And I'm not saying that this administration did, but you can look to the last administration. We got surplus. There are things we can pay for. There are things we can cut. Well, what do you but suggest? You I mean, people. what's it going to take? You know, we had a guaranteed minimum income plan because there was an avalanche of stimulus money. $31.5 million was devoted to that. They gave uh, $500 for uh, a month to families, a certain number of families, very few in the scheme of things. And that is a one-year pilot. Should it take the form of a check? And who should it go to? Should it only go to the descendants of slaves? And how, how, we, how could this possibly work in a way the city could possibly afford? They've done it in other states, friend. We, we find money when we want to. It ain't a matter of, it, it's a matter of what we give people. It ain't a matter of we don't got it, because we do. Think about the money we waste on flowers. I'll wait. Think about the money that they waste everywhere. And so if you're thinking about those things, anytime there's a conversation about something for, for folks of African descent or Black American, we always talking about, well, where is it going to come from? Y'all find it for everything else. We can find it for this. And not, that's just not on this administration. That's on a state and a federal government as well. Those three bodies should be preparing reparation for Black people. And I'm going to say this. People are not going to be satisfied until equity is not enough. And people always miss when I say that, and I mean that clearly. You cannot keep abusing folks and then expect them to fix what you all have honestly, excuse me, up in this country. And so it's always us. But Mayor Johnson's administration kind of showed you him getting the office that the civil rights movement and the labor movement are not trying to join. 
And so give us give us a moment. He's been in office. He ain't been in office 30 days. He ain't been in office a month yet. Give us an opportunity to meet with him, to talk to him, to talk about the things. He has not done his all his one-on-ones. He's talking to every alderman, which I appreciate. He made the call. It wasn't a thing of calling when I'm going to get my meeting. He's making the calls. And so this is our time. And, friend, let's remember this. It, it took us 400 years to get here. It's going to take us a while to get back, but we can start in transparency. And that's what I appreciate about him when I met with him about the education committee. Okay. So what form would you like to see reparations take? There are a lot of different. I, 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 first of all, an apology. If we start, if America starts with an apology, because we can't even get that. We're told about everybody else struggle, but we never talk about the struggle of black people. That's usually us that brings it up. Nobody else says, oh, that was wrong. That was bad. And I'm sorry. Nobody. So we can start there. And then we start to talk about how we help build generational wealth. Is it giving folks housing? How is it? Is it helping folks or giving them the most to start a business? I don't have that answer for you, Fran, but there are experts who do. A migrant died at the respite center at Wadsworth Elementary in Woodlawn. Do you know yet what the cause was? I don't. They just told me he woke up unresponsive. They think it's drugs. They are not sure. There is a service for him on Saturday, I think. And you had some concerns about the care that's going on inside those centers. Have you learned anything? No, I'm going to visit it today. Well, I've learned, first of all, that it's hot in there. It's an old school that didn't have air conditioning. So they're hanging out on the streets because they're hot. Let's start there. And so we we, we got to talk about getting them some type of cooling center or some buses or some fans. That's number one. Number two, that they're in a community where they are foreigners. And so some type of conversation with them about, hey, this is a community that took years to try to build, keep clean, and get it together. While we were welcoming you all, some of us, keep it clean. We, we're cleaning up. We need to make sure you all are doing the same thing. And just being respectful to the, the houses, the senior building, and the school that's around it. And so I'm going to go through the day to see the conditions. Um, I hadn't I hadn't wanted to for the reason of I didn't want people to feel like that they're on the spot or notice. Um, they are already scared um, to kind of deal with elected officials. A lot of them were told that we didn't want them there or we didn't like them. And while we don't like how it went down, and this is not the space we would have picked, we're turning these lemons into lemonade. And you say keep it clean. They're not keeping it clean? What are they doing? It is definitely not. they eating outside. they throwing trash. They just need access to more garbage cans because people come by and feed them, give them clothing and things. And what they want, they need a space to put. Now, you are the education chair. You must have an agenda for what you want to do with that chairmanship. Absolutely. What is your agenda? My, my agenda is to make sure that CPS and that City College of Chicago is transparent with their budget, um, their makeup, and what they're doing at each school and college. And so our first meeting will be around transparency. A lot of times what I've realized in the school closings, which happened in 2013, 15, 
people do not realize the amount of money that some schools get versus others, what teachers are paid versus others, what schools have programs and others. And so those questions will be asked to CPS and City College of Chicago. And so if we start off in transparency, we start to move in the right direction. The mayor campaigned on a promise to deliver schools with all the social services that they need to be fully resourced, as he put it. How do you plan to do that? That's us making sure that every school has sustainable community schools. And if you don't know what that is, that means that the community, the school community, along with the outside community, gets to decide what resources it needs. And we get we get organizations to come into school after school, and we allow the people, not just in the school, but in the community, to u- utilize that. It's funny, schools are public institutions, but they are not accessible to the public all the time. And so sustainable community schools does something definitely different. It says, okay, we got a bunch of young people who need glasses. How about we get the eye institute in the school? We got a, we need a clinic because the local clinic is too far. That community gets to decide those resources and we help them get organizations that who are able to do that. Now, we, our paper has done a, a really great series about the school closings of 10 years ago and the fact that so many of the schools are still vacant, the promises were not kept, the welcoming schools, the schools that receive these children uh, haven't improved outcomes for them, and yet we are in the same boat with dozens of schools operating well under capacity. What needs to be done now for those schools and, and with the enrollment decline that this system has? Too many buildings, too few kids. So that's on Chicago Public Schools because we told them years ago. So it's funny. We closed the schools to give the schools to pastors. We closed the schools to make them migrant camps. We did everything but take care of the young people. This is on us, friend. Or let me take that back. This on the people who voted to close these schools. And so the students are here. We have them. They are an alternative. They're somewhere. We got to do a better job at making schools these, not these one size fit all. Everybody learns different. How you learn, how I learn is totally different. And so we need to be able to make sure that these schools are buildings that are welcoming, that kids actually want to go to. Right now, these are prison to pipeline schools. You stand in a square, you're at a desk, you got your arms folded. There is, it's the basics. It's the same thing over and over again. We got to reimagine what education looks like. And I think that's been, that's been a fight with CPS for years. How do you do that? Reimagine what education looks like. Yes, we definitely, I mean, we talked about it. We have, you go to the school community friend and you ask, it's called common sense. You know why I'm a democratic socialist of America friend? Sure. And there are not that many black ones because I believe in people power. How is it that I pay taxes and I don't have a say so over what the institutions that serve me look like or even serve me? That's the problem in this country. We haven't asked. Well, let me take that back. We pick and choose who we ask. Remember, those school closings happen in what communities? Black and brown communities. It's always us. 
It's always the same people we ditch, disenfranchise. Same but, folks all the time. But now we have empty schools with only a handful of kids. What do we do with those now? We, we're still in who, the same boat. Tell me what, what dime or what did Chicago public schools to do to make sure that young people wanted to go to those schools? Nobody wants to send their, their kids to a school that's underperforming. Nobody wants to send their kids to a school that does not have music or art or world language. But that's given to the kids up north. That's the question you should be asking. Why is there not equity amongst the schools? That's the question for CPS. That ain't one for all the women famous. Yeah. And we've been asking that for years. We told y'all when y'all closed the schools what happens. But then y'all shocked that we got all these young people robbing folks and that they out of school and that they're upset with us. We told y'all this was going to happen. Y'all didn't listen. You are a tough cookie. And so cookie. now we, we're, we're made to, again, Black people are made to put the pieces together and fix it. So now we are ex expect the Black mayor the black man to come in who loves his city to wave his magic wand and fix it all. No, that's not what's going to happen. It's going to take everybody. And I'll be honest, friend, there are a lot of people that I, that I don't like. And I don't like them because of their actions and things that they've done. But I don't have the luxury not to work with those people. Because I care about of? the young people. Who are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the poverty pimp pastors. I'm thinking of these organizations who who come out of the woodworks and just start doing work and swear they're doing something. The you you know the Paula Churchsters. You you know who I'm talking about. And I'm not gonna name names because they ain't even worth me saying. But at the end of the day, we know who do we we know the organizations that do good work. Never get to play. You are a very tough person to show contract. that repeatedly in standing up to now former Mayor Lori Lightfoot. You did it when it came to demanding a community benefits agreement aimed at preserving affordable housing near the Obama Presidential Center. You did it on the day you used a parliamentary maneuver to derail City Council confirmation of Lightfoot's Corporation Council Celia Meza over that law department's treatment of Anjanette Young. Uh, I remember the day Lightfoot left the rostrum to engage in a finger-pointing shouting match with you on the city council floor. That was extraordinary. You also stood toe-to-toe -to -toe with Norfolk Southern Railroad. Where did that, where did that political strength come from for you? Because I'm tired of being in spaces that don't respect me or my dollar. I've just had enough. These are the same institutions. It's, it's, it's funny. People with money get to do whatever they want to for people who don't have money. It's, the, it's America's story all over, over again. And I'm just, as a Black woman, I'm tired. As Black people, we are tired. Telling us to wait. Wait your turn. How long are we going to wait? How many more leaders y'all going to kill? And so while I'm in the space that, that Miss Fran, to be honest, God put me here. This ain't where I wanted to be. I was happy in community organizing because at least those people are not fake and phony with you and they are honest. They roll up their sleeves and they do the work with you day in and day out. So I'm not going to get here and be complacent. I'm not going to get here and not speak truth to power. I'm not going to be here and not speak what my community is saying to me. And when it came to the $51 million, my community was just was divided and conflicted as I was. Norfolk Sutherland has mistreated the black community for, 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 for decades. They're even existing. They got paid off, off the, the insurance policies of slaves. They, they, they were one of the people who got the money. And so why would I not challenge them? 
And yet you went she along with their there. plan to vacate streets and alleys to pave the way for their $150 million expansion of their That was done before yard. I even got in office. So this is not on all the woman Taylor. Why'd this you go along with this expansion would... of their intermodal yard? You lifted the brick. Because you the put a brick on it and then you lifted it. So, because the community said, as long as they're making sure that we're part of the contracting, we get the contracting, we want the jobs, and that they have the right to spend this this last $1.5 And I was being threatened. Uh, no, you don't miss that part. I was threatened by Meza, by the mayor, that I was going to be sued. I see. Okay. So, now, have you me? received have you received a full explanation from Norfolk Southern about their need to expand, and have they assured you, to your satisfaction, that there will be no catastrophes like the terrible derailment and chemical fire in East Palestine, Ohio, that Absolutely not. The drinking who, water there? Who is find me a lawyer that's going to help me sue them? Because that's what I want in a perfect world. They own Parkway Gardens family. They own the people who live in the old state. Edmonds is called something else. They own that community. So find me a lawyer who's going to help them sue them. These are people who pay off folks to do what they want to do in our communities. And people will just stand around and do nothing. I'm not a do nothing person. And so believe you me, I'm figuring it out. So what are you going to do? I mean, you don't have assurances about the chemical fire situation, what do you want from them and what are you going to get from them and how? To be continued. Well, what are you saying? You, you sound, that you, sounds you never tell are you people gonna, your plan. Are you going to, what is it that you want and how are you going to get it? Uh, I, you, you will see Miss friend. Now, let me well, just say that. It is easy for, for me to sit up and tell you, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. I got to make good on it. And so me finding a lawyer to sue Norfolk Sutherland sounds great to me. They need to pay back this community that they helped what destroy. You but I also, you allowed... also, so, so this ain't on me. You want to go talk to Tammy Duckworth? You want to go talk to Dick Durbin? Because it's on them. They are the people who should be taking care of this, not me. This was not on my watch. Well, what's the lawsuit about? Is it to stop them from doing the expansion of the intermodal yard until they provide assurances that there won't be? Or that I want them to do right by the community. They are here and they are not going anywhere. I want them to keep the promise that they made when they were giving people $30,000 for their home. I want them to keep the promises they made that they told people, we're gonna take over this community, but make sure that you are made whole. That's what I wanna do. That's my responsibility and that's my job. So you're planning to file so a lawsuit to block to the, the intermodal yard. So I want you to know that when I first got in office, I was told that I should not have any communication with Norfolk Sutherland and that they are a federal institution that the federal government will take care of. Well, this is the federal government not doing their job. And so why is on the black local alderman to do something about it? And of course, I'm going to raise hell and do something about it. But this is not just on me. So I hope y'all have the same questions for Dick Dermott, Tammy Duckworth. I hope y'all have the same questions for Congressman Danny Davis and Congressman Jonathan Jackson now that he is here and it has inherited it. The same question should have been given to Bobby Rush because this was a same question should have been given to Willie Cochran. This was not on Alderman Taylor, but again, I'm left holding the bag. 
So you're going to try to block them from doing this expansion of the intermodal yard because they didn't keep the promises to the homeowners that they absolutely until they make absolutely until they make good with the folks in that community. Of course, I am. And what about the issue of the catastrophe and having a plan to prevent a derailment like East Palestine, Ohio? Say it again, Miss Friend. You broke up a little bit. Well, what I'm saying is, do you, ha, have you gotten a plan to your satisfaction that there will be no catastrophes like the derailment and chemical fire in East Palestine, Absolutely Ohio? Not. I got a few emails with some fake promises. I want another RDA. And of course, the last corporation council didn't help me get it. Wouldn't even have a conversation with me about it, saying that we can't do anything with the RDA. It's already written. But you expected me to vote on this. You expected me to to be a part of this or to, you know, have my co-workers vote on this. And the answer is no. So you let this go through. Is that a mistake or you just did it under duress because you were told by the other administration that it was the other administration, also the community saying, look, we just want to reassure this. This is already done. Did you make a mistake so by letting it go through? I got time. This was the community. I talked to folks who lived in the community, folks who are currently there, people from organizations who've been working with me, who even brought this to my attention to talk about the things that Norfolk didn't do. And so they kept keeping their eye on it just like I am. Your son graduated from high school on Friday. It was an achievement because he is autistic. He's a special needs uh, student at CPS. Did he get the kind of care that he needed to have? We've heard so much about how CPS falls short when it comes to special needs kids. So what I will say is because I'm his mother and that is my baby, I was going to make sure he got everything that he needed. What I don't like about CPS, I feel like they don't do enough to help young people after they graduate. And so Michael can go to school till he's 22. That's not what Michael wants to do. Michael wants to be a functioning adult where he can take care of himself. And they need some help around that. But Michael always had a dedicated aide. The majority of the time that dedicated aide was a black man because he is a black boy. Um, the bus service had had been better than it was. It got worse, of course, during COVID. He's been able to do a bunch of his work at home, but his school, shout out to Hubbard High School, um, helped Michael the best they can, but they also knew that I was a parent that was not gonna stand for it. So as education chair, what are you gonna do to help kids after they graduate, the special needs kids? So first of all, we need to make sure that uh, all of these schools participate in Special Olympics. I went to a Special Olympic event that uh, Alderman O'Shea runs. It's free to every school. The money is there. People are just not signing up for it. And so we need to have a real conversation with CPS about doing that for children, not only at elementary school, but also elementary and high school, but also young people in college. We have young people with disabilities in colleges as well. We have to do a better job of listening to the experts. And sometimes because we don't like the messenger, we don't hear the message. And so I'm meeting with um, Jen Johnson um, to have a conversation with her. Um, I will also be meeting with 
not only CPS and City College of Chicago, but CTU, CCCTU, SEIU 73, and I want to say the Teamsters. There's another group that represents school um, folks. I can't really think of it, but it's a Teamster group. And so we all need to come together to figure out how to help the young people that we claim we love. And so as an organizer, that's my job, and I'm going to do it. You waited decades for a Section 8 apartment. When your name finally came up, you no longer needed the voucher. What does that say about CHA and the leadership of it? It's horrible. It sucks. It needs to change. It's called public housing. But it's because they're too busy swapping land. So, so you would ask Mayor Johnson to get rid of Tracy Scott? Absolutely. What will we keep her for? What did she do? What didn't she, she do? She didn't even put out a plan. Absolutely. And if he keeps her, I, we, we, we'll get to that role when we get to it. But absolutely. You if he keeps her what? Seats, and that's the if problem. he keeps her what? We continue to have the same people in these seats who do nothing. What about but CTA? I don't know that Tracy what about Dorville Carter you know with CTA? Oh, so they need to fire the CTA president on his day off. Why? Definitely, they need to. He was because he's not being honest. He wasn't being transparent, and then it wasn't until we talked about pulling funds that he decided that he he was going to even come to a meeting. And so, if you don't want to face the public or work with the public to make our public transportation better, because it's worse than it ever was under his leadership, so there's another person who can get a pink slip. So why hasn't Mayor Johnson done that yet? That's between, I don't get to decide to make that decision. Mayor Johnson does. That's a question for him. I'm just okay. telling you what I see. Jeanette Taylor, thank you for being so outspoken. Thank you for being as strong as you've been. And I'm sure you're going to continue that. And we look forward to your tenure at education chair. See what you do with that position. And we will see you all next week. Thanks for having me. Have a good one.